manifestation. We are to praise before we see the answer. We are to war before we win the battle. Sound precedes manifestation. So for this show for our sounds this morning, we need to give up the fair shout of victory that we've got inside of us.
may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name.
Fill your church here on earth until we look like you. And fill our hearts with your love until we look like you. My whole life sacrifice until we look like Jesus, you are. So do what you do. Say, Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. So do what you do. One more time. Sing, Jesus, you are. So do what you do. Until we look like you. Until we look like you. Oh. Make us like you, Lord. I'm not here for 
and you just don't want to leave, you just want to be there, I just want you to take a few moments to say that to him in your own words. If you want to stand, bow, kneel, where you are, whatever. Mm, we want you, Jesus.
the king is here, enthroned in your presence. He says to you today, your praise and your worship have created a throne for me, a seat for me. And when I'm seated, my scepter is extended, and so I'm calling you today. My scepter is extended to call you to me. My scepter is also extended to work in your behalf. For you've heard it said so many times that even when you don't see it, I'm working. But I want you to know that before you were even born, I was working in your behalf. I created plans and purposes for you, paths for you to walk in. I ordained good works for you to do. And so this morning, I, I extend my scepter to you, and I call you to walk in the ways that I've, that I've laid out for you before the foundation of the world. I extend my scepter to you, and I say, come be like me. I extend my scepter to you, and I say, come into my presence, for in my presence is fullness of joy. At my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In my presence, there is no sickness. In my presence, there is no pain. There is no frustration. There is no worry. There is no anxiety. So I invite you. I extend my scepter. Come, come. Come, come to my presence and be filled with joy, says the Lord Almighty. We give you glory and honor and praise. We just lift our hands and say thank you. Thank you that your scepter is extended. Thank you that your scepter is extended to us today. And we say, yes, we come. Yes, we come. Yes, we come. Thank you that in your presence it's all these things that you've said to us today and more. And so we give you opportunity right now to deal with those things in our lives. We take authority over and cast down fear and anxiety and worry. We take authority over depression right now. We take authority right now over suicidal thoughts. We take authority over everything the enemy would use in our lives to draw us away from him. While your scepter is extended, the enemy always, is always at work as well. But thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you that we, we belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as long as he is seated on the throne, there is victory. He is our victory. For that we say thank you. Can you give the Lord praise this morning that he's your victory, that he's your peace, that he's your joy. For the people that have re rededicated their lives to you today, Jesus. We just lift our hands in your presence and say thank you, Jesus. We lift our hands in your presence and say thank you for the needs that were met around this altar today. We lift up Linda Quick right now in the hospital. We, we just pray for healing virtue to flow through her body for that surgery on her hip to be successful and for you to quickly renew her body and her strength. We give you all the praise for every person's name on this list today, that you are mighty, that you are God all by yourself, and there's nothing you cannot do. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord one more praise and you may be seated in his presence. This morning is Youth Investment Sunday, and we are so proud of our young people. I shared with them during prayer time that, um, that we invest in them every week, not just once a year for them to go to uh, Accelerant, but we invest in them every time they go through to their little worship center out there. It's because this church has invested in them. We love them. We appreciate their youth sponsors today. Um, uh, Courtney and James Earl, would you guys raise your hand? And Elise and Cameron and uh, Tyler. We So let's give them a big hand of appreciation.
know that um, Pastor Kim will be doing the um, welcome in a few minutes, but I just have to say welcome to Justin Cause. He's so glad to have Justin home today. Can we give Justin a big welcome? Good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Elise, and I'm one of the four youth leaders along with, or almost five, along with Cameron, Courtney, JP, and our leader in training, Tyler, who will be joining us in January. <laughs> um, first of all, I would just like to say thank you to all the parents that have kids up here for trusting us on Wednesdays with these babies. We, we love them. And I just want to invite that if you know someone between 13 and 18, we would love to have them be a part of our youth group. Um, we're getting ready to go to our annual accelerant trip this January, and we're excited about that. Um, so this is kind of what we need the money for um, to take these kids to the mountains. So. Um, we're also going to be doing some fundraisers. So if you are a parent and you like a good date night, raise your hand. So on Friday, December the 2nd, we're going to um, babysit the kids. It, it'll be us chaperones and the youth. We're going to have activities planned. There will be a sign-up sign sheet out front. Um, it's by donation only, so whatever you feel to give to us to keep your children. We would greatly appreciate that and it should be out front next, or this Wednesday and next Sunday. Um, we're also doing a bake sale December 11th. That will also be donation only. So see us in the front if you like sweets. Um, and just a little update on what we've been doing at youth. Um, we've had three amazing people in our church share their testimonies to our kids. Um, we are believers to meet them where they're at. So we've had some people come in and talk about things that went on in their life and what the Lord has done for them, hoping that we could reach the hearts of these young people back here. Um, and we've been running between 30 to 35 youth each week. So. church, the leaders, the pastors, for um, all the years and the money and the prayers and the support that you show the leaders and these youth. Amen. Amen. So as our, as our leaders go down, um, I just want to thank not only the leaders that are up here, but it's, it's, it's taken about everything that we have to get these young people, um, to get these young people to be up here this morning. So, how, <laughs> so we're just, what we're going to do, we're going to do a little bit of something more worshipful, and then we're going to turn it into a little bit of something more upbeat. So, um, I just want you guys to worship with us. Worship with us because, uh, we, we do worship every Wednesday night at youth, and um, we try to make sure that we instill in the young people that worship is not just for now, for 1030 Sunday morning. Um, 
we want them to realize that worship is for when they're in their car and you know they're in a bad place or they've put themselves in a situation or they've you know got to a point in their life where they're making a critical decision not worship is not only just for a Sunday morning service but we we try to allow them to have a space to worship on Wednesday nights and we want worship and prayer to be a part of their lives in every aspect um, and I know even as an adult as a father as a leader um, to try to implement into that into my life is a challenge in itself so I can only imagine what these kids are facing at school every day um, I mean just I know when when I was in high school when we were in high school we we didn't face the stuff that these guys are facing right now. I'm just telling you. Uh, I mean, it just it just wasn't it just wasn't happening. Um, the amount of pressure that these young people deal with every every week, we're getting texts and and, and call, phone calls um, of things that they're struggling with. Addictions, bad habits in their life, bad relationships. So if your child is up here this morning and you're a parent, I want to challenge you. Like, we need to be praying for these kids. Because um, when you get, a, you get a, a text message in the middle of the night that says, you know, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. I feel like I'm falling apart. I don't have direction. I don't know what to do with my life. And, you know, sometimes that, even myself, I'm just like, God, you're going to have to help me help them, you know, um, because I can only do so much. But just worship with us because I know this worship is a sacrifice for them. And let's just make it a praise to God again.
Be seated. You can be seated. Let's give them another hand. That was awesome. Yes. Some of you may be wondering where Miss Nancy went. Miss Nancy worked with the kids for a long time, but Miss Nancy felt like her season was over. And she stepped down, so I don't think she's here today. Is Miss Nancy here today? Let's just give her a big hand and thankful for her. Yes. We honor. 
honored her one night, one Wednesday night with the kids. We had a chance to, they got a chance to tell her how much they loved her and we were able to honor her. So we do appreciate all her hard work because the youth leaders you see now, she and Susan pretty much raised them up. So let's give Susan a hand too. So it's really good to see y'all this morning. Welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. We are glad to see you today. Let's give our online congregation a welcome too. Yes. If you are a first time attender, if this is your first time with us, we would like for you to look at your bulletin and on the very back there is a first time here form. If you will just tear that off, it's perforated and fill that out. At the end of the service today, if you'll take it to the Welcome Center out in the foyer, you go out in the foyer to your right, we have a gift bag for you. And also, if you're a first-time attender today, we're having a first-time attender's luncheon right after service today, and you're welcome to stay for that today. And if you've been coming for a little bit, let's see, the last one we had was in April, so if you've been coming a little bit, you're welcome to come as well. We're so thankful that you're here today, and we hope that you will stay for lunch. You'll get to meet um, the pastoral staff. And you'll get to meet the care team leaders and the care team members and some of the other leadership. So we hope that you will stay for that today. So who's ready to give this morning? Y'all excited to give? Yes. We love to give here around, don't we? We love to give. If you need a tithing envelope, if you'll raise your hand, we have one of those for you. I see some hands up. We appreciate you that give online. I know a lot of you do that. A lot of you give through PushPay and through our website. Some of you mail it in. Some of you bring it to the office. We just thank you so much for sowing your seed into Northview Harvest Ministries because we believe, and I believe that you believe, that this is good ground to sow into. Amen. And we're thankful for all of your giving. As you prepare to give, I do have a couple of announcements. This um, so after church today, we do have our first-time attenders luncheon. So if you're here, it's your first time. You've been coming for this summer, May, June, July, August, September, October. We're in November, aren't we? You're welcome to attend. Also, we have our women's ministries gathering this Tuesday night. And uh, we want you to come out and join with us. It's in your bulletin. Um, we will meet at 6 o'clock. We will eat. We're going to have good food, y'all. Really, really, really good food. Like food food. <laughs> uh, we have babysitters for you. We're going to have fellowship, and we're going to worship God. We're going to be grateful to God. We're, gonna, we're excited that we're going to. This is just a good time for you to get to know the ladies here and a good time for you to be able to fellowship with them, but also for us to grow in God's word and his presence. Amen. So, ladies, please come out Tuesday night for women's ministry. We are going to prepare ourselves now to give, so if you'll stand, please. Please grab one of these envelopes on the table for the youth fundraiser that they talked about this morning for their trip to Accelerant. And I will speak from one who's been to Accelerant and one whose children have attended and one whose youth groups have attended. It is well worth your investment. The kids go, they have a good time, but they are there just inundated with the presence of God and they're around other youth of their ages, and the worship is phenomenal. So please sow into your youth. You saw what God's doing in them this morning. You saw how the youth group's growing, and you saw how... Did you see all them at the altar this morning? That was just beautiful, yes. 
And you know, as much as we want them to grow a relationship, their relationship with the Lord is our top priority. Amen? And so if you grab one of these envelopes, there is an amount on the envelope. Okay? You can, we want you to at least put the amount in the envelope, but if you want to give more than that, we encourage you to do that. If you want to take more than one envelope, we encourage you to do that too. So today as you come to present your tithe and your offering to the Lord, we ask that you do grab one of those envelopes and bless our youth. Thank you for giving today. say God is good all the time and all the time somebody had a funny little meme on Facebook this week 
it was a little caricature thing of like Jason Voorhees chasing somebody said how to catch a Christian or something like that. Little guy had a little ski mask. It was a funny picture. It wasn't like scary, like blood or anything, but it said how to catch a Christian. In the other room around the door was this little guy hiding from Jason. And Jason says, God is good. And the little kid from around the other door says, all the time. <laughs> Gave himself up. But he is good all the time, isn't he? And so whenever anybody says something that they say God is good, I, I instinctively want to say all the time. In the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the end, Jesus always wins. And Romans 8, 28 says he makes all things work together for good. So Father, today we pray over this offering and this tithe. The tithe that is yours that has been returned to you. The offering, Lord God, that has been given, that has been offered up to you. We decree and declare today, Lord, that you are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh to us. You are El Shaddai. You are the God who is more than enough, who flows into our lives from multiple avenues. But always, God, no matter the avenue, we declare and praise you as our source. Thank you for meeting our needs according to your riches and glory. You are a faithful God who keeps covenant with his people, who maintains his word and keeps the surety that every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And that at every promise that was settled in heaven is demonstrated and manifested in the earth. So bless your people. Make them healthy, make them wealthy, make them wise, make them spiritually fat, flourishing, and give favor, Lord God. Bring advancement and increase and promotion to us. For we do not work unto man, but we work as unto the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to take about two minutes, take about two minutes and just, I want you to turn around if you want to go shake a hand or hug a neck or just wave at somebody, but take about one minute now and just let's get somebody's attention and tell them, say, I love you. Tell them you're glad to see them today. Children's church. We failed to dismiss children's church. So Miss Tamara is over here. Those of you in children's church, you can be dismissed to Children's Church. Okay, Mr. RJ, pull up camera uh, three and pull it around on, on the congregation for just a second, man. Wave at me when you're ready. We'll give you a minute. I think it might be preset one or two. I can't remember. Congratulations on the Scotland uh, High School football team winning their first round of playoffs. My Marlboro County Bulldogs didn't fare as well. But we got sent straight out of the gate into the powerhouse of Dillon, who has a reputation for winning state championships, so it's all good. So we were representing nonetheless. All right, I want everybody to look over here against this wall where that camera is. I want you to wave at it. I want you to give a big old shout out right now to our online congregation today. 
Because we're not just here putting on a show, and those of you folks that are online, you are not just, uh, you're, you're not an audience, you are a congregation, and we're glad you're with us today. No matter where you are, if you're regular Northview folks that may be out traveling, and if you're out uh, sick or recovering from something, we, can, we will continue to pray that God will strengthen your body, and I decree and declare today that he is a healer. And we thank God for medical science. We thank God for medicine. We thank God for technology. We thank God for everything that he has brought us into. But folks, the bottom line is God still speaks the word of healing, health, well-being, and wholeness. Somebody give him a praise if he's ever healed your body. Very quickly before I get into my message today, uh, November the 12th, which is this coming Saturday at 8.30 out here, we're going to have a pellet gun target sheet for a few hours, just hanging out, fellowshipping. But then at 11.30 or so, we're going to be inside here in the fellowship hall, and we're going to have a chili lunch for all the guys, all right, all the guys. So even if you don't want to come out or even if you're scared to come out and shoot pellet guns, you're scared to shoot more like Ronald Jones than me. Even if you don't want to come out and shoot target practice, uh, but if you don't have a pellet gun, we, we'll have extra. It'll be a good time for you. You can bring your boys out. Uh, if you bring a child with you, so uh, you will have to supervise them. Please be cautious of that. Uh, but we do welcome everybody to come out and just hang out. And after that, we want everybody, even if you don't come shoot, join us for lunch. Be here about 1130. We got some guys going to be cooking chili, and we'll be having that. Now, I brought something with me today. I'm going to see how many people I can stick this on your forehead if you go to sleep. <laughs> Tell somebody to hit the red dot. I'm just playing. I'm not prophesying that anybody's going to sleep today. <clears throat> today, my assignment to you. Are you ready with my video, Miss Courtney? All right. My assignment to you today to deliver the word from the Lord is this. I am overwhelmed, but I am not overcome. Amen. Say that with me. I am overwhelmed, but I am not overcome. Say it one more time. I am overwhelmed, but I am not overcome. I want you to give your attention to the screen and watch a little 36 or so second video. says when the devil thinks he got you but you got the Holy Ghost. One more time. That was fun. Can you play it one more time?
Now, I don't, is, that, is that a jaguar, leopard? What is that? Does anybody know? It's a leopard. All right. Uh, how many of y'all ever felt like the jaguar, the leopard, whatever, the cat? Let's say the kitty, all right? How many of y'all ever felt like the cat? You just down there getting a drink of cold water, minding your business, going on in life, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> crazy stuff goes on. Now, how many of y'all know cats don't like water? Cats aren't normally good in water. How many of y'all know crocodiles are real good in water? And how many of y'all know they tell us that when crocodiles, when they lock their jaw on something, they are locked down. You're not getting loose. So the first time I saw that video, I was like, oh, snap, poor kitty. Until I saw it, and then I saw that thrashing. I just had it in my mind's eye. I know the way crocodiles and alligators work, Pastor Faye. When they get locked on, they get in there, and they just start wrenching and turning and spinning and tearing muscle and skin and breaking bone. I just figured that cat's being ripped to shreds, man. Because <clears throat> that's what you expect would be happening in the natural, right? Somehow that cat got some divine intervention going on up in there. And when that cat came out with that crocodile holding the crocodile in his mouth, I was like, oh, snap. And uh, I saw this first time without the, uh, the little wording in it. I saw it on a, on a natural geographic type site or something. And I was like, oh man, isn't that just like God? The devil comes out of nowhere seeking whom he may devour. He just locks down. And it seems like he's gonna drag people down in addictions and despair and sin and death. And it looks like it's all done and he's gonna win. But how many of y'all know God does not mind intervening himself divinely in a situation when we invite him to? Amen. Look at somebody say, he'll step in in a heartbeat. Now, he may not turn it around on a dime, but I'm going to tell you what, sometimes he will. And he may not always turn it around. Y'all know what I'm saying. Is that too country for some of y'all? When you turn it around on a dime, y'all know it turns around fast. Sometimes it turns around real slow, but I'm going to tell you what, it will turn around because this one thing I know, I'm going to say it again. Romans 8, 28 says these words, and we no, not assume, not hope, not plan for, we know. And in the Greek text, that which it was originally written in, that means deep down inside in the knower of your knower, you know God's gonna turn this thing around for good. How many of y'all ever been in the kiddie situation and, and it seems like things just grabbing you around the neck, trying to choke the life out of you, trying to drag you down, get you in the elements that were out of your control? But how many of y'all had deep down inside, you had something like an anchor in your soul that you knew this thing wasn't taking you down? This thing wasn't taking you out? You were overwhelmed, but you were not overcome. So how many folk in here ever been in a life situation with the kids going crazy or your wife or your husband, your spouse, your mama, your daddy, your nieces, your nephews, your brothers and your sisters? Because I know some of y'all got crazy folk in your family. I've been around here long enough to know that. How many of y'all had some crazy folk in your family just wearing on your reserved nerve? And even though they were doing crazy stuff and you were praying for them and believing God for them, it's like the harder you prayed, the more the devil fought against your prayer. Can I get a witness in here today? And it's like the harder you prayed, the harder the devil fought against what you were praying, but you knew that God's gonna turn this thing around for your good. I wanna tell you today, folks, I've been overwhelmed 
in life, but I am not overcome. If you would, I want you, now you men in my Wednesday night class, y'all know how we're going to do this. We're going to do this like men, so I want y'all to let it roar, all right? Uh, you ladies, y'all can roar if y'all want to also, because how many of y'all know it? in the, the lion kingdom, it's mainly the lionesses that do the hunting, which means they're the dangerous ones. In other words, the men just roar just to sound good. So ladies, you can let this roar too. Are you ready? We are sword drunk, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Give the Lord a praise if you believe that today, would you? Now, if you want to go ahead and jump on the, uh, the Facebook page or YouTube page, if you want to share this or uh, get this thing started going with our social media, with the video, hit the share. Here's what I want you to use. Anything you share from the message today, this is your hashtag, hashtag NHM for Northview Harvest Ministries. And uh, back at my church in Columbia, I had a clicker, a little clicker I held in my hand, so I picked this up and I was about to change the the slide, but that's not the way we're working today. But I'm using that in a minute. I brought that laser up here for a reason. <clears throat> and anything you put in on social media today, please help us with free advertisement. Put the location for Northview Harvest Ministries. I want you to shout this with me. I'm overwhelmed, but not overcome. <laughs> Say it one more time. I'm overwhelmed, <laughs> but I'm not overcome. I'm going to take you for a little journey here uh, briefly through the book of Isaiah chapter 7 verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> We're going to do it pretty quickly today. My, my wife had to go back because she's helping in the kitchen this morning for the lunch that we're fixing for our, our guests today for a special meal. But my wife and my kids, you may have seen it, we have... We have a little side chat thing, a little family group thing, Hodge family, and it's for us and my wife, my kids. They can show us pictures of grandkids, and we've got some aunts, and, and uh, me, mom, papa are on there, so we can keep up with one another in this private chat. <clears throat> well, somebody posted this thing about preacher's kids, and, and they all used it for a launching pad about how tormented, Pastor Faye, they were growing up as preacher's kids in church, in a Pentecostal church, with what they called a long-winded Pentecostal daddy. <clears throat> Hold still, Josh, I don't want to blind you. Anyway, we all had fun with that, but just to prove them as liars, I'm going hit, to hit it and get it today on this message. But my assignment is to put this inside of you. I'm overwhelmed, but not overcome. In the book of Isaiah chapter 7, if you go back to verse 6, that's when you have the passage some of you may be familiar with. In the year that King Uzziah died, the prophet Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. So if you look at this, <clears throat> Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of where? Judah. Judah. What does Judah mean? 
Wouldn't it be just like the devil to try to attack you in your praise? Let's just get that down pat right there because he's not scared of noise, but he does know what a true praise can do. So let me tell you something. He's going to challenge your praise to find out if you're making just noise or if you're offering up true praise. I'm going to leave that alone and move right along here. So Ahaz, get this if you're taking notes, Ahaz, his name means defender. Defender. And I want you to keep that in mind because as we progress through the scripture in the next few verses, I want to tell you today, the United States of America needs some defenders. I'm not talking about U.S. Army. I'm not talking about Marines. I'm not talking about Air Force, National Guard, or Navy, any reserve elements. What I'm talking about, folks, is we need defenders in communities and in churches who will defend the spiritual truths of the word of God that this nation was founded upon and not be ashamed to stand up and say, thus says the Lord. Well, I'm gonna preach today whether you like that or not. Not what thus says Joe Biden, not what thus says Donald Trump. I'm gonna stand up and say, this is what the spirit of the Lord has said. Careful now, careful. If you're choking on that, you're gonna be hurting in a little while. Ahaz is the grandson of Uzziah, and Uzziah was a good king, and he had led Israel into a golden age, pretty much, so that everybody had their eyes on Uzziah. He had led them into military prowess. He had increased their military, their chariots, which is that kind of like what we would equate with uh, tanks and missiles and heavy warfare stuff. He increased their military, he increased their land, he increased the net worth of every person that was in Judah. He did all of this stuff and when he died, people just fell apart because they were looking at Uzziah more than they were God. In other words, they got caught up in national evangelism more than they did caught up in looking to God. So you got to, oh, I'm preaching now. Y'all missing it if you're not getting it yet. So we're in, in Isaiah chapter six. We're in chapter seven. But in Isaiah chapter six, there's a chapter one, two, three, four, and five. So for five chapters, Isaiah's been prophesying, but he didn't really see God until God had to get the man out of the way. I wonder how much God loves us so much that he's sitting up there waiting and said, I'm gonna have to get some stuff out of y'all's way. I wonder if it might be one of those things like God saying, I'm glad you're American. I founded this country. I established this country. I blessed the earth through this country, but now you've gotten to be too proud of yourselves of being in this country, and I need to get rid of some of that pride so you'll quit looking. So God will say, I need you to look back up here to me. So we got Ahaz. Now, if you're taking notes again, Ahaz means what? Defender. And get this, he's in his early 20s about this time. He's a new king over an entire nation. People are looking at him. Your grandfather's been famous. Boy, you're talking about some shoes to fill. And here you are in your early 20s. You got all this pressure coming on you. But look at this. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, everybody shout Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, 
the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem, which is the capital city of Judah. They went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. Let me go ahead and say this, and let me put this out, folks. You and I are going to face some stuff that might overwhelm us. But it will not overcome you. Isaiah 54, 17 does not say, let me back that up and say, it does not say that weapons will not be formed against you at all, period. What the scripture says in Isaiah 54, 17 is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It means the devil may make the bow and arrow. He may form the gun. He may forge the steel. He may do it and he may aim it at you and he may fire it at you. And inside it may be the bullet of divorce. It may be the bullet of cancer or the bullet of addiction or the bullet of poverty. But I'm gonna tell you right now what God says. He's gonna look at you. He's gonna aim it at you. He's gonna fire it at you. But the bullet won't hit you. It will not Prosper. Come on, somebody give the Lord a praise. So you got Ahaz in Jerusalem in the nation. In fact, let's go ahead. Let me, let me, get, let me get you caught up here. This is, this is why I brought the toy. All right? I'm going to come over and get you folk on that side in just a minute. All right? So here's what I need you to see. This is a map of the area and the region over here. You see that right there? That's Israel. Right there, Israel. Now, this time, just to get you caught up, Israel has split up into two nations. They had a civil war. You had a northern kingdom, Israel, and you had the southern kingdom, Judah. It used to all be one nation under King David. Are we together? Am I, am I telling anybody anything you didn't know yet? So you had King Solomon, David's son, became king. He was, he was, he was wise, but he was dumb all at the same time. I mean, how many of y'all ever met somebody who had loads of books since but couldn't walk across the street without tripping over their big toenail? Some of y'all laughing. Y'all know that person, right? So Solomon became king and he's living this lifestyle. He's uh, just throwing up exuberant, exorbitant taxes and stuff. And, and so anyway, uh, the people, he's, he's working the people to death because David had left the stuff for him to build the temple for God. But it wasn't all about God that, that Solomon's working these people to death for. He's building his own ego, building his own kingdom, living his lavish lifestyle. He had how many wives? Does anybody remember? A thousand. That shows you right there that fool done lost his mind. <laughs> wives, not concubines, y'all. Wives. Is this working? So Solomon dies, and his son comes up, uh, uh, and you have, he comes up, what's it, Rehoboam? Jeroboam, just had a brain fade. All right, hold on, I'll catch you those two names in a minute. He comes up, and he says, I'm going to be, I'm going to be even harder than my daddy was. He listens to his young friends, because the old wise men said, you need to calm down, son. Give the people a break, because Solomon, your daddy, about wore my mind. He about broke the back, son. Well, well, he goes and he asks his young friends. See, that's the first thing right there shows you he was dumb. Don't go ask your young friends for wisdom. 
That's good preaching. If anybody gets anything, let me talk to that youth group over there. Did y'all hear what I just said? Don't go ask your young friends for wisdom and advice. You better find you somebody that's got some mileage on them and some experience, and you better sit down at their feet and say, y'all talk down to me. Talk to me right down here. Because Solomon's son listened to his young friends and he told the people, he said, I'm going to be harder than my daddy was. Well, you know what happened? They had a revolution. They had a civil war. And, and everybody that was north of Jerusalem said, we ain't, we ain't going with that. So they formed what then became Israel. And Jerusalem, that area, became the southern kingdom, became Judah. So we all together now. So we got two, two nations where it used to be one. Boy, there's so much more we could go into. That would be a whole good teaching right there to teach what happened in the northern kingdom. But anyway, for the sake of time, this is Israel. This is the northern kingdom. Everybody say the northern kingdom. There it is right there. Y'all see that little green spot right there? That's Judah. That little green hole right there, green spot, that is the Dead Sea. Going up is the Jordan River to the Sea of Galilee where Nazareth was in the sea of, uh, city of Capernaum. Does anybody remember about a few thousand years later, somebody very important lived up there? Jesus. All right, so we've got here, we have Damascus, Syria. So Syria and Israel join together and they come down here to fight the little guy. Did anybody get it? Oh, come on. See, now if that was on Facebook and y'all talking about bullying, y'all be all loud. No, that ain't fair. Blah, 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 blah. Because everybody's a keyboard warrior today. Is this still working? I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to have a spirit of Ahaz on you, there are going to be times you're going to be overwhelmed, but you won't be overcome. But at the same time, you're going to be a defender. And when God tells you to stand, you're going to stand. And you're not going to be like some little mighty keyboard warrior. You mighty mouse when ain't nobody around. You better be ready. America is in a place right now, folks, that we need people. We need Christians. We need people of faith. We need people of character. We need people of integrity that will stand in a public forum and declare this is what the word of the Lord says. So you had these two big bullies. They come down here and they come against, and if you'll notice, uh, y'all can see it right here if you're up close. There's a little flaggy right there. Anybody see the little flag? How many of you golfers got excited when y'all saw that? Rodney? Yeah, that's what you thought the hole was right there, right? That little flag. For y'all over here, can y'all see it? Little flag right there. Guess what that little flag is? That's Jerusalem. That's the marker for Jerusalem. So you got Syria and you got Israel. They come down and they besiege the city of Jerusalem. But you know what? The Bible says they could not prevail. I wish I had some folk in here that are sick and tired of waking up sick and tired, fed up with being fed up, and you're willing to say to God, God, whatever you want to do in this country, God, I am here right now. I'm going to do like this prophet who wrote this passage said in the previous chapter, hear my Lord, send me. We need some Ahazes. We need some defenders. We need some people that will defend truth. But at the same time, we'll defend it with grace because the last time I checked in John, the Gospel of John chapter one, the Bible says that when Jesus came, he was full of grace 
and truth. Dr. Kelly Barner said, if you come in with too much grace, you might as well be eating cotton candy because all it is is soft and fluffy. He said, if you come in with truth, though, it's like coming in with a bulldozer and you're breaking everything up. You gotta have a mix of grace and truth. Can I go ahead and be quite honest? Our previous president, he came in with too much truth. Trying to clean the swamp, but he came in like the bull in the china shop. The president that we got now, he got too much grace. And he's just cowering down to the initiatives of his party. We need a man or a woman. I told you we're going to get tighter right up in here. We need a man or a woman that will get to Washington, D.C. In fact, let's go ahead and say it this way. We need some men and some women. I'm saying this because there's a very important day coming up two days from now. We need some men and women that'll get to Washington, D.C., that will get to Raleigh, North Carolina, that will get on some positions in Scotland County and Laurenburg. We need some men and women that will say, you know what, I don't care what my skin color is. I don't care what my denominational label is. I don't care what my political party is. I'm gonna walk in with this right here and I'm gonna seek the heart of God. And whatever God says do, I'm gonna do it. And whatever God says stand for, that's what I'm gonna stand for. I'm here to tell you today, baby, I am not afraid to stand up here and be like an Ahaz. I'm coming to defend some things in here today. And I know some folk gonna get mad and I'm gonna tick some folk off, but you're gonna have to walk out the door knowing this, I love you, but I love God more than I love you. How long have I been going, two minutes? All right. Good, let me get on back over here. So uh, anyway, so they came up there, they could not prevail. Look at verse two. And it was told to the house of David, now look at this, look at this, look at this. I need you to get this, folks. Who's the king of Judah? Ahaz. Everybody say his name, Ahaz. But look what God is saying. God is saying to Ahaz, listen, 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 you gotta read between the lines of what's happening here. Remember I said he's a young man in his early 20s. He's just become a king and now you got two powerful nations with the two put together four times your size coming to besiege your capital city. How many of y'all know, I don't care how big and bad you know or think you are, if you're in your 20s and you got all the pressures of running a nation on you and now two countries, four times your size, four, I can count four, four times your size coming against you, how many of y'all know that's a pretty high pressure situation? But I want you to look at what God said. When God sent, when God sent the prophet there, he said, don't refer to him as Ahaz. And it was told to the house of David. You know what God was doing? God was saying to Ahaz, hey buddy, I know you're king. I know who your daddy was, I know who your granddaddy was, I know who your great granddaddy was, but let me tell you something, I made a covenant back with one of your forefathers. Come on, somebody help me just a minute. I made a covenant, I made a promise 
with somebody that was in your forefathers. His name was David. So I'm going to talk to you, Ahaz, but I'm going to tell you what, Ahaz, while I'm talking to you, I'm going to acknowledge the promise that I made with David. Come on, somebody. Y'all might want to write this down, Psalm 119.89. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You know what God says? God looks at you, Charles Ray Whitehead, and he says, Charles, I'm going to tell you something, son. I'm going to meet, I'm going to meet your needs. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I need to do in and through your life, but let me tell you something. It's not just about you because I settled this thing before you ever came into the earth. God is saying Ahaz, Ahaz, this thing was settled on the day that I sat down on a prairie side with your great, 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 great grandfather David out there sitting around a campfire smelling like sheep. I saw his heart. I saw his mind. I called him to be the king of a nation and I made a promise with him that I'm here to honor today. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, we better get back to the place where we know that God will honor those who honor his word. And it was told the house of David, saying, serious forces are deployed in Ephraim. Ephraim, remember I showed you that map and right there where Israel and Judah connect, that's the area of the tribe of Ephraim, who was one of the 10 tribes, 12 tribes, excuse me, one of the 12 tribes. Listen, when they came out of Egypt, that's the land they were given. Get this now, Ephraim's, his name means doubly fruitful. So wouldn't it be just like the enemy to come through and try to get into your life in the areas that God's blessed? but they could not prevail. But look what it says, so his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods and moved with the wind. They were afraid. They shook like tree limbs shaken, leaves shaken in the breeze. Y'all better hear me, I'm about to go somewhere and I'm going strong and I'm going bold. In the year of 2020, we had this devastating thing, this pandemic that nobody had ever heard of crest the scene of world history in the early days of 2020. People, doctors and uh, news reporters started talking about this thing called COVID-19, coronavirus. How many of y'all remember the first time you ever heard of coronavirus and you were like, what the heck is that? Only thing I know of corona needs a lime. <laughs> I wasn't saved and sanctified my whole life, y'all, okay? But I am now, hallelujah. So we had this thing called COVID come on the scene and, and uh, it came on, they started hearing about it in January and in February it started gaining steam and, and then March 15th in the state of South Carolina, Governor McMaster's called for a shutdown. 
And I watched people. I'm a people watcher. Y'all thought I was a preacher. Actually, I'm a people watcher, and I just talk about what I see. Y'all give me all kind of sermon material. I never go lacking for something to talk about. You know what amazed me in Corona, in the season of Corona, of COVID-19? I saw the majority, the majority of the church quake in fear, just like the unsaved. I watched people go into social distancing. Schools be shut down. Mom and pop businesses go out of business because they had to close up. And they were already probably just about hand to mouth every week. <clears throat> trying their best to get by. And COVID blew all that out of the water. People walking around with masks on, couldn't breathe. Burping in that mask, about to kill themselves. <laughs> were, were some of those things necessary? Yes. Is COVID real? Very real. I lost friends due to it. I was a pastor <clears throat> in Columbia who lost several church members to it. Was it real? Yes. Was it deadly? Yes. <clears throat> Was I fearful of it? Heck no. In fact, I was a chaplain at Lexington Medical Center for 10 years. And when we were on lockdown, we had one of my older members had to go in with COVID and was, was about to take their last breath. And the little lady at the door told me I could not go in because of the risk. I whipped out my chaplain's ID badge. It had that 10-year gold pin on it, and I put it in her face. I said, get out of the way. And I got where I was going. <clears throat> was I cautious? Yes. Was I fearful? No. But folks, you better hear me. I got prayer claws in my pocket. You better hear me. COVID was a conditioning time for America. It was a trial run to see how quick the church would sit down, take a back seat, and be quiet like a good little doggy. That's good preaching right there. Because let me tell you something. I love the republic for which this nation stands, but the only reason this country is blessed, has been blessed, is because of the body of Christ that prays every day, worships every day, releases the word of the Lord every single day. I gotta hurry up. Somebody give the Lord a praise if you believe that today. All right, let me finish my scripture. We, we fix and leave. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz, the defender, 
you and Shear Jashub, who is Isaiah's son, which means a remnant will be left. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Look what he says. Here's where you're going to meet him. You're going to meet him at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field. Now, let me, let me explain this to you. You're going to meet him at the end of an aqueduct. An aqueduct is fancy wording for a water pipe. You're going to meet him at the water pipe that comes down from the upper pool. So the water flows down. So he's going down at the end of the aqueduct where there is the fuller's field. Does anybody, is anybody old enough to know what a fuller's field is? That's okay because I wasn't either. You know what it is? Anybody ever heard of fuller's soap? You know what a fuller is? It's a person that washes clothes. So they had this aqueduct, this big water pipe that ran out to this field that led, brought a continual source of water so people could go out there and wash their clothes. Well, guess what Ahaz is doing? Ahaz is out there cutting off the water supply. You know why? Because the enemy's on the way. And you know what he figured out in his mind? Yes, I'm afraid. Yes, I've been shaking like a leaf. But this one thing I know, God's called me. I'm a defender. I'm the king. I'm not here by accident. I'm here for such a time as this. And I'm not going to sit back and whine and complain and moan and groan. I know God's going to take care of me, but I got to do some things for myself. So put that in your notes today. God's not going to do everything for you but he will help you in all things. So Ahaz is out there, listen now, he's cutting off the water supply to the enemy. So when they get there and surround and besiege his city, y'all come on out here, boys, and y'all have a good day. Y'all can stay out here 10 days, 30 days, or a year, but y'all gonna get real thirsty because I'm cutting off your water supply. Listen, there's some things that we need to learn from that. Quit feeding the enemy of your soul. If you're fearful, then don't hang around other fearful people. If you're dealing with addictions, quit going to certain parts of town. If you can't keep your eyes off another man or another woman, get you some help. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting today. You gotta cut some stuff off from the adversary. If you're struggling with pornography, tell your spouse, tell your mother, tell your father, tell your friend. Get some accountability partner and quit going on the internet by yourself. Preaching way better than y'all shouting because all you're doing, all you're doing then is you're giving the adversary room to come in. You are feeding, you are feeding and watering the enemy of your soul. So don't come crying to me. Oh, Pastor, look, what's today's date? Today's date is uh, November the 6th. Don't come to me in January whining and saying, I don't know why this keeps happening. I'm gonna tell you why. Sit down in that room right across that hallway right there. Sit down across my desk. I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna tell you I love you, but I'm gonna tell you why it's happening because you keep feeding that little dog. You know, sin's like a stray dog or a stray cat. Somebody drop off at your house. You feed it once time, one time, it's yours. Somebody say amen or oh me, which is it gonna be? 
You know what? We have all folks in this room today. We've been overwhelmed, but we've not been overcome. Amen. Look what he says. Look what he says. Look what he says. He's cutting off the water pipe. He's cutting off the water supply to the enemy. He's like, ah, y'all come over here. You can go hungry and thirsty. If I have anything to do with it, I'm not going to feed you. I know God's going to do what he's going to do for me, but I got to do my part too. Amen. And let me go ahead and say this. Let me go ahead and say this. You liking every prophetic word you see scrolling through Facebook, it's going to take a little more than that, honey. It's going to take more than a click or a tap. You got to birth some things in the kingdom of God. And that's going to come in prayer. Mm. Y'all remember back when people used to tarry? Some, folk, some folks sitting here right now, Terry, who's that? <laughs> I, that Terry? Nope, not that Terry. Terry, when you pray and you wait and you pray and you wait until you know God has moved in your situation. All right, we got to get out of here. We're going to verse 9. Take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted. For these two stubs of smoking firebrands, I love God. God is a trash talker, y'all. This is God talking, not Ahab, not Isaiah. This is what God told a prophet to go say. Look, you know one of the main things I miss about living in Lexington, South Carolina? We had a, a, a good-sized lot on a pond, and in my backyard, I'm about to go country on y'all, I had a burn barrel. Thank you, thank you. I had a burn barrel. My wife had this fancy octagonal swing set thing I built her with my bare hands. And in the middle it had that fancy little landscaping round fire pit thing complete with a little grating system underneath the bottom of it. It was cool. But they could be sitting over there with the guitars in the cold and I'd build them a fire. They'd be swinging and singing and I'd be over there about from me to Ronald was about how far my, my burn barrel was. I'm like, y'all have fun at that little fancy fire pit thing. I'm about to go over here and build a real fire. Y'all hold on just a minute. <laughs> and I kept a stick. How many of y'all got a burn barrel? How many of y'all got a stick? You got one right, the one you keep. What do you do with your stick? Tate, come on now, that's my brother from McCall right there. You know what you do with the special stick you keep near the burn barrel? You stir that junk up. You take that stick and you dig it down in there when it's burned down, pine straw, whatever. You take it and you scoop it up and stir it up. That's your stirring stick. And how many of you ever, does anybody know what I'm talking about besides Ray? All right, thank you, I got four or five. Yeah, we going all right now. I had to do a demonstration outside. Harry, you got one out there on Pea Bridge Road, brother? What? What? Here's the thing, though. You keep stirring that stick long enough. You just in there, you stirring, you stirring, you pull the stick out. Sometimes the stick is smoking, but it's not on fire. 
Guess what? When God says these two kings that are coming against you, they are two stubs of smoking firebrands. You know what God is saying? God said they ain't nothing but smoking sticks in my burn barrel. Oh, y'all ain't hearing nothing. I'm telling you right now. Listen, so when cancer comes against your body, come on, when adultery tries to get in your marriage, when poverty and lack tries to get in your checkbook, when the doctor's report is negative, when there's schism and division and tension in your marriage, let me tell you something. You need to stand up and you need to be like Ahaz and listen to the word of the Lord. I don't care how big and bad the problem looks. In the face of God, he is saying you are nothing but a smoking stick. Somebody give the Lord a praise if you've ever been overwhelmed but not overcome. Everybody stand up to your feet with me. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramaliah have plotted evil against you, Ahaz, saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it and let us make a gap in the wall. In other words, let's break their stuff up. Listen, and let us set a king over them, the son of Tabor. In other words, let's put a puppet king in there. Let's put who we want to be in there. Maybe it was somebody that uh, was already in Jerusalem. Maybe somebody that wanted the parties Republican or Democrat would rather have than Ahaz. Lord, help the preacher pull this thing together up in here. But let me tell you something. A little puppet thing from the devil will never take the place of the real thing from God. Because let me tell you something. I don't know who table was. I don't know who table is. The only table I know is this. I'm fixing to go eat at one in just a minute. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at here. They did all they could, but they didn't prevail. In that same conversation, that Isaiah is having with Ahaz. Listen to what he says. Get this, get this, get this. This is the Tim Hodge version. Are you ready? This is the McCall Red Devil version of the Bible. Ahaz, God is in covenant with you. But Ahaz, this thing is a whole lot bigger than you. Because in this same chapter we've been reading from. Same chapter. Everybody shout, same chapter. Same chapter. Roll it on down to verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. and shall call his name Emmanuel. I didn't know you guys were doing your rap version today. 
But here's something y'all can take and wrap this up right here. Emmanuel, God with us, is unstoppable, untoppable, undeniable, undefiable, undefinable, unpredictable, indescribable, the Trinity, inseparable. He can fix what is inoperable and because he is God, he is unreplicable. Yeah, I wish somebody would give him a praise up in here. How many of you in life you've ever been overwhelmed but not overcome? One, one day I'm going to learn how to preach. Don't keep praying for me. See, I had a whole page full of stuff that we could be overwhelmed with. Stress, anxiety, angst, inflation. This avalanche of perversion and lasciviousness that's going on in America. Perversion. LGBTQ, ABCDEFGHIJKLMNOP. Whatever color you want to put it, just don't put it on me. Lasciviousness, lasciviousness, it's a word a lot of people don't know anything about. It literally means lewd lifestyle, loose lifestyle, where you have no morals sexually. Anything goes, anything, anytime, any place, anybody. And I'm going to tell you what, all this stuff that our kids are facing that James Earl talked about today, a lot of this stuff with gender confusion is nothing but an avalanche of demonic attack against this age group right here. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've got family members who are gay, and you can call them on the phone right now and ask them, do I love them? And they will tell you, yes, he does. You can ask them, has he ever put you down because of your lifestyle? They will tell you, no, he does not. They will ask, then you can ask them this, does he approve of your lifestyle? And they will tell you, no, he does not. I made a mistake a while back, and I said this. I said, sin is sin. That's wrong. There is a word in the Bible that is worse than sin. And it's used in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. You can look it up for yourself. It is the word abomination. The word abomination in the Hebrew is a heavier word than just sin. And in Luke, uh, Leviticus 18, 22, it says, if a man lies with another man like he would a woman, in other words, if he has sex with another man, it is an abomination. It's a sin and a very ugly one in the eyes of God. But can I tell you, a husband that won't be a husband to his wife is ugly in the eyes of God. A woman that won't be a, a wife to her husband, a mother to her children, a man that won't be a father to his children, they are ugly in the eyes of God. 
But let me tell you something. So that God could take away all sin and all abomination and give us the strength to stand against these impurities that are invading this country through the classrooms, through the media. You can't watch a movie now without a man and a man or a woman and a woman kissing. Every time I see it, if I know it's coming, I just, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over that mindset right there. And folks, how are they going to know it's wrong? Because the only thing I've seen is you got Christians that either want to just damn everybody to hell or Christians that just ran to the closet. The gays came out and the Christians ran in. Oh, there's an empty closet. We need a place to hide because we can't address this when we should be the ones addressing it. Listen, according to this, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So whether it's you lied, you took God's name in vain, or whether you have fallen into the trap that is presently being poured out upon this country with, a, with sexual deviancy, you need to know with this today, there's only one way out of that. It's not through counseling, it's not through pills. It's through Jesus Christ. Somebody give him some love in here today. Somebody say this to me. Say, my God is unstoppable. My God is untoppable. My God is undeniable. My God is undefiable. My God is undefinable. My God is unpredictable. He's indescribable. He is the Trinity inseparable. He can fix what is inoperable. And because he is God, he is unreplicable. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? i tell you what I'm going to do. I, I understand it's uh, 1230 on the button for those of you on medication. <clears throat> I've got some prayer claws in my hands. Uh, Tommy and Sarah, I got one that's reserved because Tommy, you sent me a request for this. But when I was getting one out, I got a few. And then during worship, I felt prompted to go out and get some more. <clears throat> and you know what? There's some up here on the stage anyway. Charles, would you and Josh split these up? Would y'all uh, hang on to these? And if anybody wants one when they come up, would y'all give them one, please, sir? Tommy, I got yours in my hand, buddy. So I've had these on my person during worship. I prayed. I prayed over them. I prayed over them kneeling at my seat. I've had them on my person while I've preached. I need to know today, do I have any Ahazes in the room? Anybody that will stand and defend truth. Not defend a system. Not defend a party. I need to defend truth. Because see, one day heaven and earth is going to pass away. Biden, Trump, donkeys, elephants, they're all going to be gone. But the lamb will still be on the throne. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. If you want to be a defender of truth today, 
you can say, Pastor Tim, I know these are tough times. I've been overwhelmed, but I have not been overcome. Today, I'm going to stand up in the face of the adversary coming against our youth, addiction, suicidal thoughts, gender confusion, identity crisis. Do y'all know that some schools have groups called furries? They're kids that identify as animals, as rabbits or wolves. Lord, if you'd have told me 20 years ago this would be going on in America, I'd have slapped you silly. But here we are. And if somebody doesn't stand, you're going to look a few days from now, a few years from now, should the Lord tarry his return. And these are going to be good days compared to what's about to come. But I believe right now, I believe in all my heart that God is calling the people right now to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to let this country go down. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to pray for revival and awakening. If you want to be a part of that, I want you to come up here. If you want a prayer cloth, Josh, you come on this side. Charles is on this side. I want you to get a prayer cloth and I want you to take it home with you. And I want you to put it in your Bible and every day, I want you to hold it in your hand and say, I'm a defender. I am a defender. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I am a defender. Hallelujah. If you want to just stand up around this altar and you want to pre present yourself fresh to God, I just want you to do that and just say to God, Lord, I surrender myself fresh today. I am a defender of truth. I am a defender of the word of God. I am a defender of holiness. I am a defender of righteousness. I want to submit and surrender myself to you and God that you may shine through me like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are we going to do, fellas? What y'all want to do? It don't matter. Y'all want to do something? I'm good. What's that matter? What's your feeling? Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. country turn back to you.
you. We will not be a silent church like in the 60s and the 70s. We will dare to be bold. We will dare to be strong. We will stand. And having done all to stand, we will stand therefore. Hallelujah. today I am very passionate about this thing we can't be cute and quaint and passive 
anymore. We're way beyond that, y'all. We need warriors. We need men that are not afraid to stand up and thunder like a prophetic trumpet the word of the Lord. Come hell or high water, bring it. But it won't be the water that I gave you. <laughs> I'm going to cut that mess off like Ahaz did to his enemy. Do not give room to the devil. We got some more prayer clauses. If anybody wants a prayer clause, I didn't get one. God's going to spark a revolution, folks. I believe in these last days that's going to count. There's going to be countless, countless, untold, innumerable salvations and miracles that are going to take place. But it's not happening in the big mega churches in the big cities, y'all. You better hear what I'm telling you. It's coming out of the backwood churches of nowhere with people that are not afraid to stand with and for the Lord God. And the last time I checked, Brother Charles over in that New Testament, and Miss Debbie, last time I checked, this is still in there, that the Lord went with them, confirming the work through them with miracles and signs and wonders. So Lord, right now I speak over this people. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if anybody's in this room that is unsaved, they know in the heart, might be fooling everybody around them, but in the heart, God, they know if left, if breath left their body right now, they know the sin in their heart would take them straight to hell. But that is not your will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So friends, whoever you are, either in this building or online, I behoove you right now in the name of Jesus Christ to surrender your life, to repent of your sin, and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm not praying that little token prayer with anybody today. We've got to move away from that. If you're really going to be born again, you we're going to have to surrender all. Yes. Not just pray a little 15 second prayer and walk out and still remain the same. God wants you changed. He wants you to be a new creature. Not just improved, but new. Hallelujah. So Father, I bless these folks today. I call them healthy and wealthy and wise. And I release them to go out into this community and to walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God that lifts burdens and destroys yokes. And we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. We thank you that there have been times that we've been overwhelmed, but we were not overcome. Somebody love on the Lord before you leave here today. Would you do that? You can consider yourselves dismissed. More prayer claws up here if you want some.